illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heinrich Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heinrich Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host, head chef, planner, and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me, as always, from the Heinrich Tailgater Northern Command Outpost, the lead driver and director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beach. How in the hell are you doing, Beach? I am sore than hell, Billy. Really? Why? I spent yesterday out working in my back 40. Oh, geez. I mowed, I edged, I put like 20 gallons of Roundup on the thing. Really? How the how um, the, how the grapes looking? Uh, like they need water, <laughs> and like I need to kill more gophers. Oh, really? But yeah, they're everywhere. I feel like Bill Murray and Caddyshack. I'm ready to bring out the uh, the uh, explosives and start blowing the hell out of things. There you go. Well, so. the purpose for Illegal's participation <laughs> is for us to spread our insight, experiences, and passion for the Oregon State Beavers with others, and just generally talk beaver sports, football, tailgating, and screw around a little bit every week. All righty, Beach. I just want to remind everyone, you can listen to us on your iPhone or Android device on the Stitcher Radio app. You can also listen and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please do. If you want to get a hold of us, there's a couple different ways. HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter. I am at HeinrichTailgator. And also check out Heinrich Tailgator on Facebook. All righty, Beach. Uh, ready how, to... how, many, how many subscribers do we have? I don't know. We, we met one of them on Saturday. Yes, we did. That's pretty cool. Yeah. All right, keep going. Sorry, it's, it's sorry still, to interrupt. It still, it still kills Jess that people actually listen to us. It kills me, too. She can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, Beach, let's get on to a little uh, Beaver sports news. First up, women's okay. volleyball. I freaking love women's volleyball, Billy. Especially when they're playing as well as they are right now. You know, they don't even have to play well for me to enjoy that sport, but there you go. It, is, it is nice to have something to celebrate afterwards. The Oregon State women's volleyball team made quick work of New Orleans Saturday afternoon at the North Texas Challenge, 
putting away the Privateers in a three-game match. It was the second sweep of the day for the Beavers after beating Campbell earlier in the day, although they did lose to North Texas on Friday. Now, Oregon State has wrapped up the third term of the season is back on the road next week for the Boise Stakes Classic. The Bees will face Minnesota and Idaho State on Friday and take on Boise State on Saturday. And they're 8-1 overall, so looking pretty dang good. Sweet. Next up, Beads, is women's soccer. I, I enjoy women's soccer, Billy. Short shorts, girls running around. Well, there you go. Good times. Yeah. Fr- freshman Shay O'Connor. Scored her first Oregon State goal in style, sending the Beavers home with a 1-0 overtime win over Portland State Friday evening with a goal in the 94th minute. Which is good because, you know, that game was going on as we were setting up the tent uh, for the tailgater the next day. Really? Yeah, we could hear them out there. Oh, that's what they were. That's what we saw the pictures of when they were looking over the uh, fence line there. Yeah. Yeah, it was right there. How many minutes do they play? They play 90, so it wasn't actually an overtime. Oh, that's right. They make up time as they go. Mm-hmm. Now, just tonight, Beach, the Oregon State women dropped the match to BYU three to nothing. Hmm. Yep. And that was at home. So the Beavs are now three, two, and two overall, and will take on Portland at Merlot Field on Friday. Okay. It's going to be another tough one up there on the bluff. That's University of Portland? Yes, correct. Okay. All right, Beach, up next is men's soccer. The Oregon State University's men's soccer team faced Colgate University Friday afternoon and dropped the match on a late goal for a one-to-nothing decision. The Beavers are two and three overall and take on Syracuse tomorrow, September 12th. So today, as most people are listening to this. Yeah. Maybe There's always a day off. Yep. There are a little bit of men's basketball news. Uh, Oregon, okay. St- Oregon State's 2017-18 non-conference men's basketball schedule was announced, and it includes seven games at Guild Coliseum, one in Portland, and a tournament in Orlando, Florida, head coach Wayne Tinkle announced last Wednesday. The season officially begins on Friday, November 10th, when the Bees take on Southern Utah Guild. The Bees will host Wyoming on Monday, November 13th, and Long Beach State on Saturday, November 18th, before flying to Orlando compete in the Advocare Invitational. The Bees will play in Portland for the third consecutive year when they take on St. Louis as part of a doubleheader with the women's basketball team in the Dam City Classic presented by your local Toyota dealers. Well, that'd be kind of cool to watch a double feature. Yeah. Uh, my only problem is it always happens. I've always got other stuff going on at that time in December, but maybe this year they, we'll be able to go. I don't mean to sound stupid, but they only play seven games at Gill in a season? No, seven non-conference games. Okay, okay, I'm like, I'm like, I didn't quite, oh, I see, I see, I, I'm like, seven games? They only play seven games? I swear to God, I thought basketball was, like, insane with games. Yeah, they play quite so, a few, okay. but, uh, you know, they only play seven uh, non-conference Non-conference. Games. Correct. Okay, cool. Yeah. And, and it was funny, we both noticed that uh, the, uh, what, what did they take off of the season pass this year, Billy? Oh, yeah, so they, we get those all sports passes from, uh. With our season tickets, mom and dad gave it to for, us. Yeah, for football. For season tickets for, for football, football, we get, get a... an all-sports pass. And it's usually wrestling, volleyball, uh, men's and women's soccer, and it used to also be women's vo- women's basketball, but mm-hmm. not anymore. 
Not as of thanks this a, year. Thanks a lot, Scott Ruick. Ruined <laughs> our, our benefit package. Yeah. That's what happens when you get good. People actually <laughs> want to pay to go to the games. Hey, Beach. I, I, I was going to say, does that mean our cost of our football tickets should start going down? <sighs> we'll get to that in a little bit, Beach. But <laughs> hey, okay. hey, hey, hey. Yes. Yes. That is. It is, Billy. Really, it is that. It is that. Okay, hold on. Let me work this one off. Okay. <laughs> There's a small one, I guess. Yes. This just in. U of O scientists and ba- are baffled by atmospheric anomaly. Eugene, Oregon was the site of an atmospheric anomaly. While monitoring local temperatures on Saturday in the mid-afternoon, Yovo climate scientists and meteorologists who often studied ambient temperatures and solar activity around the region were shocked by a sudden burst of hot air that emanated from the area just between I-105 and the Leo Harris Parkway, the site of a former landfill that is now an event complex. The first thought that it might have been a methane release from the rotting garbage buried at the site. But then it occurred to the scientists that it might have been the Duck fans attending the Nebraska game. When asked for details, the scientists said it's hard to tell the difference between Duck fans and a pile of rotting garbage. Put up, huh? That was a press release. <laughs> I'm sure. Yes. All right, bitch. All right. You always come up with some interesting news out of Eugene. You know, there's always interesting things happening on Eugene, you know, that, down that, in Eugene. That, that ticker you have there in your in your uh, den is amazing. It, it pulls up some really obscure crap, that's for darn sure. Definitely crap. All right, Beach, are we ready to go under further review in week number two in the Pac-12? After further review, the runner did cross the line. The Touchdown! Let's do this. All right, Beach. Now, let me get our thing here. Heading into the week, let's see. I got our scorecard here with you, me, and Kyle. I hate you, Kyle. Heading into the week, Kyle was at 10 out of 13, and you and I were at 11 out of 13. All righty. We'll, we'll see how things go along here. All right, Beach. First up, all the games were on Saturday, September 9th. First up okay. with, was Texas State at Colorado. I think I picked Colorado on that one, Billy, because I never even heard of Texas State before. You never heard of Texas State? No. I mean, I've heard of the state of Texas, but never heard of Texas State. Well, uh, we all took Colorado. LaVisca Chenault Jr.'s 55-yard score off of a teammate's fumble during a punt return got things rolling for the Colorado Buffaloes as they cruised late in a 37-3 win over Texas State on Saturday. Now, Buffalo quarterback Steven Montez threw a TD pass and ran in for another score. Leading 14 to nothing at halftime, the Buffs pulled away in the third quarter against the Bobcats, who were 35-point underdogs. Wow. Yeah. So we all picked up the win there. So what you're saying is they beat the spread. Texas State did, yes. Sweet. Yeah. Yep, they only lost by 34. Nice. Made it by a point. All right, Beach. Uh, next up, a game that we were all very interested in, Nebraska at Oregon. I was really thinking Mike Riley could uh, pull off another win. Yeah, uh, you and I took Nebraska. Kyle, I hate you, Kyle. Kyle took Oregon and trying to be reverse psychology. 
The Huskers were down 42 to 14 at half, but rallied with three unanswered touchdowns in the second half. But then Tanner Lee was intercepted on what would be Nebraska's final drive of the game as the Ducks held on for a 42 to 35 victory. Now, Oregon running back Royce Freeman rushed for 153 yards and two scores, while quarterback Justin Herbert threw for 365 yards and three more as the Ducks handed first-year coach Willie Taggart his second straight win to open the season. Nebraska had a hell of a comeback on that game. Yeah, you know, that was kind of a classic Oregon to start out there. I mean, they were up 14 or 21 to nothing in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. It was 21 to 7 after the first quarter, and it looked like they were just rolling. But then uh, it looked like Nebraska might pull it off before it ended. But, you know, you turn the ball over three times, and that's what's going to happen to you. Yeah. And I mean, and, and I'll say one thing. Well, maybe it's a little bit of coaching, but, but, interceptions or turning the ball over is just bad decision-making as yep. opposed to bad coaching as far as I'm consider, yeah. concerned. All right, so. B, so Kyle gets a point on that one. Up next was UCLA or Hawaii at UCLA. And believe I picked uh, the UCLA on this one. I thought UCLA was going to win it. Yep. Did they, all, did they, did they do it? All three of us took UCLA. UCLA quarterback Josh Rosen was 22 of 25 for 329 yards passing and found Darren Andrews for three of his career-high five TD passes as UCLA defeated Hawaii 56-23. Now, Theo Howard and Caleb Wilson each caught a TD pass. Demetric Felton and Balu Orlumfunmi both had one-yard TD runs for the Bruins, who have scored TDs on 12 of 14 possessions with Rosen at quarterback dating back to the third quarter of their comeback win over Texas A&M last week. So, hmm. good win by UCLA. All right, Beach. Up next, Weber State at Cal. Who you got? Oh, I think I took Olaski and his Cal teammates on this one. Yes, all three of us did. Now, former walk-on Patrick Laird ran for 191 yards and three TDs to help the Golden Bears overcome a lackluster performance with a late rally to beat FCS-level Weber State 33-20. Now, Coach Justin Wilcox's, Wilcox's home debut for Cal almost turned into a disaster as Weber State led by three heading into the fourth quarter thanks to repeated breakdowns in the secondary that led to 431 yards passing for the visitors. Just huge plays on that one, Billy? Yeah. Yep, they just kept uh, um, throwing deep. Oh, just, or just... just kept completing passes down the middle. So wow. Yep. All right, so we each got the point there. Next up, moving right through the weekend's games, Montana at Washington. So I'm thinking the Huskies are going to take it all this year. For the, I mean, I'd like Oregon State to take it all, but I, I really think the Huskies are going to take the North and probably take the whole thing. But uh, how they do, how they fare against Montana? Well. Dante Pettis returned to score for the second straight game for a record-breaking seventh career punt return TD. And Drake Browning threw for 259 yards and two TDs as Washington rolled past Montana 63-7. to Wow. Yep. Wow, indeed. So we all got the point there. Okay, next up, the big game of the week, number 14 Stanford at number 6 USC. I think I stressed over who to pick on this one. Mm-hmm. And did I take Stanford? Actually, all three of us did. Now, Stephen Mitchell and Deontay Burnett 
caught two D passes of two T D passes apiece from Sam Darnold, and number six USC extended its winning streak to eleven games with a bruising 42-24 victory over number 14, Stanford. Now, Darnold went 21-26 of 26 with 316 yards for USC, who snapped their three-game losing streak against Stanford and only their third win in the last nine tries against the Cardinal. Now, but during some of those last nine games, though, weren't they still under sanctions? Yes. Okay. But still, they've, beat yeah. them. they've only beat Stanford three times in the last nine tries. Yeah. So. It's pretty good. Um, so none of us got the point there. Okay, Beach up next. B uh, Utah at BYU, the holy war there. Oh, I think I picked the Mormons over the Jack Mormons, didn't I? Yes, you did. And Kyle and I each took Utah. Now, Utah quarterback Tyler Huntley combined for 389 yards and a TD as the youth beat rival BYU 19-13. The victory was the seventh straight for Utah and 16th in the last 19. The last time Utah won seven in a row in the matchup was from 1951 to 1957. Tight game, though. Yeah, BYU just hasn't been able to generate much offense at all this year. Hmm. So, Kyle and I get the win there. No such luck for you. I suck. Next up, Houston at Arizona. Oh, the Wildcats. I was thinking of the movie Speed. Sandra Bullock was a Wildcat in that movie. Yes, she was. So, BJS, yes, you and I took Arizona Kyle. <laughs> Kyle took Houston. Squirrel. No. Pretty much. Josh Pollock <laughs> kicked three four field goals for Arizona, and Khalil Tate replaced starting quarterback Brandon Dawkins early in the fourth quarter before the Wildcats fell to Houston 19-16. to now, asked about Dawkins, head coach Rick Rodriguez said he got a little nicked up. I'm not going to elaborate. I'm not a doctor. However, Dawkins did have two fumbles, one for a safety in the second half. Mm. Yep. So he was saying, yeah, he was hurt. Although never, no one ever really saw him get hurt. We don't talk about injuries. Nope. So Kyle gets the win there. No such luck for you and I. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we had a bad stretch down here down the end of this thing. Next up, yeah. Boise State at Wazoo. I'm sucking swamp water. Yeah. Boise Trump can't St- drain the swamp, and I'm sucking that crap up. Yeah, Boise State at Wazoo. Ooh. Call oh, dang it. Oh, damn. Who did I pick on this one? Uh, you took the same as Kyle. Did I take Boise State? No, you guys took Wazoo. I took Boise because State. That was, because it was at Wazoo, I figured they'd have a yeah. better shot. So Jamal Jamal Moreau caught a 22-yard pass and dove across the goal line in the third overtime to lift WSU to a 47-44 comeback win over Boise State. Officials reviewed the play to be sure he stayed in bounds as he ran towards the end zone and left his feet near the pylon. It was ruled a TD, and Wazoo won after coming down from 21 points back in the fourth quarter. They didn't coog. No, they did not coog. Uh, WSU quarterback Luke Falk was replaced by Tyler Helinski after being hurt on a play, he fumbled and was returned for a TD. Well, this is good because I remember last week I debated on this one, and the reason why I didn't want Boise State to win is because I didn't want uh, Wazoo to uh, come back and uh, have a reason to come back and beat us and prove themselves. Yeah, they want to be But pissed. instead they won. They don't have anything to prove, and now on top of that, 
we could see uh, Mr. Falk uh, be a little, little rough for the wear on Saturday. Possibly. Yeah, this could be a good thing. All right, so. And with the way we're playing, we need all the help we can get. Wow, we just had a bad week. Okay, so uh, you guys got the point. I did not. Up next, Beach, San Diego State, State at Arizona State. Oh, um, took the um, took the Sun Devils on this one. Took the Sun Devils. Didn't we all take the Sun Devils? Uh, yes, yes, San Diego yes, State? we did. Okay. You okay, Billy? Yeah. Okay, I'm just looking at here. Okay. You know, you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to have quiet time. No, 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 I, 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 I know. I remember listening. I remember listening to the radio one time, and they were doing actually because it's September 11th. We should talk about this. And so they were I was listening to like KEX or something, and they were having a moment of silence for the victims of 9/11. This is like on the one year anniversary, and during the moment of silence, the radio guy kept talking through it. <laughs> oh, really? We're having a moment of silence for the victims of 9/11. This is a moment of silence. For the victims of 9/11, we're having a moment of silence. Yes, and then it was Bob Miller was still on the radio back then. He's like, "Why was the bonehead kept talking during the moment of silence?" It's like because you're not supposed to let the because you're not supposed to let things go quiet too long on the radio. Yeah. All right, Beach. Uh, Next up was Arizona, (laughs) uh, San Diego State at Arizona State. Oh yeah, we said we we already discussed this, Billy, and we all picked Arizona State. Correct. So what happened in that game, Billy? Arizona State gave up 353 yards to San Diego State running back, all-purpose yards to San Diego State running back Rashad Penny, including a 95-yard TD run in the first quarter and losing 30 to 20 Saturday night. Now ASU had one of its ugliest losses in six seasons under coach Todd Graham, plagued by defensive lapses, missed assignments on offense, and a dropped TD pass by John Humphrey. So what we're saying is we might we might not be the worst team in the Pac-12. Okay, Beach. Up next was Minnesota at Oregon State. We're just going to cut to the chase. We all took Oregon State and Oregon State looked like a steaming pile of dog crap. Minnesota quarterback Connor Rhoda completed 7 of 8 passes for 158 yards and a TD. But the Minnesota running game allowed them to control the ball for 38 minutes in a 48-14 beatdown of Oregon State. Oregon State quarterback Jake Luton completed 16 of 20 passes for 135 yards and a TD, but the running game accounted for only 80 yards on the night. Can't can't win with uh, 200 yards of offense. No, and they only had 35 yards and one first down after the halftime. They ran, wow. they ran no more than three consecutive offensive plays after halftime and only ran 18 plays total in the second half. So sad. Yeah, it was horrible. Now, you, you know, I, I, I okay, and so I was the one last week that I said, I don't give a damn if we play like crap as long as we win. Right. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, my God. We play. I'm like, I don't care. We still got a W out of it. Mm-hmm. We can win by one point. We can win by 200 points. Don't matter to me as long as we get the W, because when it all comes down to it, that's all that matters is wins and losses. Mm-hmm. But I'll have to tell you, this is the first game that I have been to in probably since the early to mid 90s that 
I felt like we, I felt like we were watching a Pettibone game. Yeah. I, it, were, I really, it just felt inept. Yeah. The whole time. Yeah. And you know, during the Pettibone years, it was almost a joke. You know, you'd go in, you're like, okay, I wonder how much we're going to get beat by this time. Yeah. And, and if you won one or two games, usually non-conference, you were thought, oh, hey, look, at least we didn't get zeroed out this year. Yeah. Um, and I, that was when the streak, and that was when the streak was still going on. Yeah. I, I have to say beach. I mean, there's been games where I was really the dismayed. I thought the beeves gave up. Um, there was a game when Washington came to Reeser a number of years ago and Riley was still coaching. I thought the team gave up, um, cause they had a bunch of bad bounces score got out of hand and it just got ugly. This one, I was angry at just the ineptitude of stuff. Um, a couple of things that I, 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 Coming out of that game, in three games, the Beavers have not recorded a quarterback sack yet. Mm-hmm. And that was one thing that Coach Anderson was stressing in the summer. He wanted 30 sacks out of his defense. Mm-hmm. Well, through three games, you've got none. Mm-hmm. Now, through three games, the Beavers have turned the ball over 10 times. You will not beat anybody averaging over three turnovers a game. You know, the the team, and especially during the second half, there's only a couple players out there that really seem like they're in the game. I, I just, uh, who is it? Is, is it Morse? Yeah, Morris looked, Morris looked great. Morris, David Morris, the safety. He oh, my seven, God. He's all, he's he had, all over he the had, field. He had 17 tackles in that game, which is he's, amazing. And, what's the, and, he's, and he's from Sherwood. He's yeah. a local boy, yeah. and he's out there playing his heart off, and he – He's just watch. I mean, he knows exactly what's going on. I mean, it's like he's the only one that studied the films. You know, I just I what, what pisses me off is I we're you know we've been Beach fans for a long time. Like Beach said, I can remember going to games where it was like, how much are they going to lose by? Yeah. Because the other team was bigger, faster, stronger. Oregon State just did not have athletes to compete with anybody. Mm-hmm. It's not the case anymore. Oregon State's got talent out there, but. I don't know what the hell's going on. I mean, and it all starts to me with the offensive line. There is absolutely no push with that offensive line. They can't, you've, you've, you know, everyone talked about going into the season, the stable of running backs we had between our mm-hmm. Pierce and Ryan Nall and, and uh, Tyner coming in and the kid from TCU. Mm-hmm. And they averaged, they only got 80 yards. Nall had seven carries for 31 yards. I mean, that's just pathetic. And to me, if I'm the coaching staff, I'm going to go to that offensive line and I'm going to tell them, I don't care who you are. No one's getting playing time this week. I'm going to go out and get the five guys who give me the best effort. I don't care if they're my five best guys. Yeah. I want the guys that are going to go out there and give effort because I'm not seeing it. I don't know if they think the other team's just going to fall over or jump out of the way when, oh, here comes the guy. I'm going to get out of the way so they can run right behind him. Because it's just, it's pathetic. Yeah. It's just it's absolutely pathetic. And it just, it pissed me off. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up was the targeting call on Jalen Moore in the second half. Now, I think he's going to, I don't know if they lose him for the whole game next That was week. a horse crap call. Well, you know what? It could be, the big thing that Moore needs to do is keep his head up. Right? Mm. He, he needs to keep his head up. Keep his face up. Yeah, it's different if you hit somebody with your face as opposed to hitting somebody with the top of your helmet. But the quarterback had not attempted to slide 
until Moore had already began his 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 tackle move. Mm-hmm. And I just they have to do something about this. You know, it's just you you can't. Something has to be done because mm-hmm. right now I understand they're trying to make the game safer, but you're you're kicking kids out for something that they can't they don't have control of. Yeah, exactly. They they made the commitment to a maneuver to tackle the guy. Yeah. And if the guy adjusts before they have a chance to have an impact. And, and, and my problem is if the quarterback's going to be running the ball like that, he, he's now a running back. Once, once he scrambles and gets out like that, he's a running mm-hmm. back. I, I think if we're going to have this targeting rule, maybe we should get away with the slide rule. Yeah. Because it's too easy to be called for to, targeting to, because the quarterback waits to the last second to slide and then you hit mm-hmm. him with your helmet because you're just going into a natural tackling stance. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, it's not – once he's tucked the ball and started to run, he's he's a running back. He's no longer a quarterback, in my opinion. I would agree. But anyways, like I said, that, that was just – it was a pathetic effort on Saturday in that second half. You know, when they got it to 14-17, to 17, even 14-20 to 20 at halftime, you're kind of looking like, okay, this is okay. You know, we, we, we got this. We're, we can start moving the ball. But it's just, it was pathetic. Would we fair catch a punt on the three-yard line? You know, that, that to me right there just baffled me. I'm like, why are we not better educated than that? I mean, why do we not? I mean, to me, by the time you make it to college, I don't care if you're a freshman, a junior, or a senior, you should be knowing that once you step your foot behind the 10-yard line, you no longer fair catch. Yeah. Pure and simple. Yeah, you let the ball go, and if they down it, they down it, and if it goes in the end zone, because what's the difference if you catching it inside the 10 or they down it inside the 10? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you got better odds that it's going to go in the end zone and maybe get yourself a uh, touchback. Yep. Anyways, I, that, that and and I mean, and that's just simple education. That's coaching. And, you know, I I yeah, exactly. I'm not a fan of the Oregon Ducks at all, but. It always feels like when you watch them play, if A happens, they're supposed to do B. If if B happens, they do C. And they seem to have – I don't know if it's an, it drilled into them or how they know, but they always seem to have their head in the game. Yep. Very rarely do you see them make a mental error. I agree. I agree. And, and we, Oregon State, under various coaches, we've constantly made mental errors. Completely agree. All right, Beads, let's yeah. put that one to bed. That just sucked. Um, after week two, uh, we've had a, we've had a reversal. Kyle had a great week, pulled out to 18 out of 24. You and I were pathetic and we're down to 16 out of 24. So yeah, he picked up one, two on us, three on us. Nice, Nice job, Kyle. Yep. So anyways, uh, but the one bright spot on Saturday was the tailgater. It was a fantastic tailgater. Great tailgater. I thought the juicy. I think we Lucy had over 100. To... Yeah, I think the juicy. I think we Lucy's... had over 100 people. I think you're right. I think the juicy Lucy's turned out well. I think all the deep fried stuff you were doing, especially the the fish and seafood yeah, the... you were doing for lunch, turned out great. The halibut turned out great. That was really the, good, the... wasn't it? And the and I think the handmade uh, tater tots were even better than the uh, than the standard ones. I think we might have to do those again. That was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm anxious to bring back the churros. I did a good job with the churros last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and and then we also need to see if we can find those uh, pre-made funnel cakes. Well, well, I'll see what I can do. But you know, okay. um, I also ran into some Minnesota fans, 
at work on Friday evening, and I invited them to the tailgater. We had a lot of Minnesota fans show up. Totally. It was, was what, maybe about seven or eight, maybe ten uh, of them? And probably ten or twelve that kind of drifted in and out. It was a great time. Yeah. T- tell them the story of how they found you. Oh, yeah. Well, so I'm, I'm working at Suds, and I don't know if many people out there know Suds and Suds. It's the small bar that's attached. And this is the point where my mic got unplugged and the recording got all screwed up. So if I was to play you what was recorded, it would only be one half of the conversation, just Beach reacting to what I had to say. So we're just going to scrap that, and uh, I'm just going to record what was said. First of all, I was talking about the Minnesota guys. So they came into Suds, uh, which is the small bar attached to Woodstocks, which has no sign. There's no sign outside that says Suds and Suds exists. I like to call it the best kept secret in Corvallis because most people don't even know Suds is there. There's been people that have been coming into Woodstocks for years that don't realize the bar is over there. So these three guys walk in, obviously Minnesota fans, and I asked them, you know, who was local? And they said, actually, none of them were. They were all from Minnesota. And I replied that, well, how in the hell did you find us? And they kind of laughed and said they had a buddy from Eugene that said that there was a couple places they should check out, one of them being Suds. And they were walking up and down the street out front of Woodstocks, looking on Google Maps. It's saying that Suds should be right there, but they see no sign for it. And the one guy said, well, let's go in the restaurant. It's got to be in there. They walked in, saw Suds was next door, and uh, they came in. Now, uh, served them some beers. They really enjoyed Suds, and I invited them to the tailgater, and I think they had a great time. I think, like Beach said, that they were expecting, you know, a truck and a couple of chairs, and, you know, we have a pretty good setup, and then they invited more Minnesota fans over, and we just had a great time. It was an excellent tailgater from top to bottom. I think everyone really enjoyed it. Um, If we could flush the game and just go with the success of the tailgater, you know, that would have been a win right there, but uh, luckily we can't, or unluckily, I guess, we can't. Okay, so now I'm going to head into the picks. Kyle, I hate you, Kyle. You're not going to get your witty banner because, well, I don't have all that put up here, but I've got everything written down for what our picks are. So let's see here. First up was Arizona at UTEP. Beach took UTEP. Kyle and I both took Arizona. Next up was Oregon at Wyoming. Now, even though Kyle likes the boys in brown and mustard, the Cowboys of Wyoming, all three of us took Oregon. So next up was UCLA at Memphis. All of us took UCLA. Then on to North Carolina, or excuse me, Northern Colorado at Colorado. All three of us took Colorado. Then Arizona State at Texas Tech. Kyle took the Red Raiders because his dad went to Texas Tech. Although Beach and I also both took Texas Tech, but I kind of gave Beach crap. And then he goes, but you turn around and take Texas Tech. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I do. Next game up was Texas at number four, USC. We all took USC, although Kyle is getting tired of the big push to call it just SC instead of USC. He's finding that annoying. Next up, Fresno State at number six, Washington. All of us took Washington, although I'd like to point out that Former Oregon State quarterback Marcus McMarion is has been playing at some quarterback for Fresno State, and he scored a touchdown, rushing touchdown, 15-yarder last week against Alabama. So it'll be interesting to see if he gets a little more playing time um, up in Seattle this week. Uh, next game up was San Jose State, coached by former 
Beaver coach Brent Brennan. He's the new head coach there at Utah. Uh, Brent Brennan was the wide receiver coach at uh, Oregon State for a number of years, spanning Riley and into Anderson. He helped coach Brandon Cooks to the Bolitnikoff Award. Um, even though all that, all of us took Utah. The next game was number 19 at San Diego State. Now, interestingly, Beach and I both took Stanford, although Kyle thinks Stanford's going to have a collapse after the USC loss, and he's going to take San Diego State, saying, stay classy, San Diego. Two games left, Ole Miss at Cal. Kyle thinks it's a trap game. He's going to take California, although Beach and I are both taking California. Now, Oregon State at Wazoo, the last one. Be, uh, Kyle said the Beavs focus on the good parts of the second half of the second quarter of the Minnesota game and put together that kind of performance for another 52 minutes. Go Beavs. Beach and I also took Oregon State, and really what we're just looking for is a great effort, a great effort out of that team. That That's what we want to see. And now it's time for a little musical interlude for the week. Now, I had picked out a song, and actually, Beej guessed it before I even started playing it, but this week's pick by me on our soundtrack theme is going to be one from the great vacation movie, Holiday Road. Now, Holiday Road is a 1983 single written and recorded by Fleetwood Mac guitarist Lindsey Buckingham. The song was featured in the 1983 National Lampoon's Vacation. It was also used in the sequels European Vacation, Vegas Vacation, and the Vacation Reboot. While the song only peaked at 82 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, it has become one of Buckingham's best-known songs. And I found it apropos since we were getting ready to head out on a road trip this week. So here it is, Holiday Road.
that was a great song, and I hope everyone enjoyed it. All right. Uh, next up, we talked about a few of the rules at Martin Stadium up there in Washington because we will be heading on up to the game. Um, I'll be staying in Tri-Cities Friday night and then heading over to the game Saturday morning. Beads will be flying into Spokane Saturday morning where my mom and dad are going to pick them up, and they'll be drive down and meet us. Now, there's some interesting things uh, at, Oregon, at uh, Martin Stadium, which is the name of the stadium there at Washington State. Um, first of all, alcohol is not permitted in the stadium, although they do sell beer at some places um, inside the stadium. Uh, glass, metal containers, and thermoses are not allowed inside the stadium, although empty plastic water bottles that are one liter in size or less are okay. Uh, no laser pointers, no hard-sided bags, suitcases, coolers, or other similar, to, similar devices, and all soft-sided bags must be able to fit on your seat and be no larger than 14 by 8 by 14 inches, which is not very freaking big. Um, I don't think that would even be most most backpacks. Uh, obviously, no artificial noisemakers, no tobacco on campus because um, there's no smoking and no cell phones or excuse me, no selfie sticks and no outside food or beverages and no umbrellas. So uh, if anyone wants to get a hold of us up there, we will be uh, at the game. Um, you can email us and maybe we'll get a hold of you because I know our buddy Kurt's going to be up there too. Now I'm going to put it on to Beej for the Rosie Ruiz Cheaters and Whores. She's just a girl. She's a whore. She's a whore. Okay. Today's Cheater and Whore. Steve Jobs. In 1995... Steve Jobs could still remember it exactly. In an interview with Robert X. Kringley for the PBS show Triumph of the Nerds, he said, and I quote, I had three or four people at Apple who kept bugging that I get my rear end over to Xerox Park, P-A-R-C, and see what they're doing. And so I finally did. I went over there, and they were very kind. They showed me what they were working on. And they showed me uh, really three things. But I was so blinded by the first one that I didn't even really see the other two. One of the things they showed me was object-oriented programming. They showed me that, but I didn't even see that. The other one they showed me was a networked computer system. They had over 100 Alto computers all networked using email, etc., etc. I didn't even see that. I was so blinded by the first thing they showed me, which was the graphical user interface. I thought it was the best thing I'd ever seen in my life. Now, remember, it was very flawed. What we saw was incomplete. They'd done a bunch of things wrong, but we didn't know that at the time, but still thought they had the gem of the idea uh, was the, that the gem of the idea was there and they'd done it very well. And within, you know, 10 minutes, it was obvious to me that all computers would work like this someday. It was obvious. You could argue about how many years it would take. You could argue about who the winners and losers might be. You wouldn't argue about its inevitability. It was so obvious. And that, my friends, is why the Lisa, the Apple Lisa and eventually the Mac were designed with graphical user interface or what we call a mouse, a device developed by Xerox and stolen by Apple. Now, it's been said that in uh, many in the industry and at Apple knew about the technology long before the visit to Xerox Palo Alto Research Center, which is what Park is, and that the field trip was, uh, there was just a way of convincing Steve Jobs to embrace it. Maybe or maybe not. 
Adele Goldberg worked for Xerox at the time and was forced by Xerox management to give the presentation to Jobs' team of engineers and designers. She argued with her superiors for three hours as to why they shouldn't show Apple their technology. She said we were giving them the kitchen sink. She failed. Now, it could be said that it took Apple's team to truly finish the design and improve the reliability. But for today, Steve Jobs is today's cheater and whore. They, the Xerox opened up the, the candy jar, and they all went in and grabbed a big handful. And uh, the, the only thing I – yeah, they did it, they did it to Apple. Um, the <laughs> – you know, the only thing you could say, and, and I mean, if, I, I was reading a little bit of an article by Steve Jobs, a little, a little bit more of his detail. And like he said, you, you have two different types of businesses. You have business run by designers and creative people, and you have businesses run by marketing people. And he, he made a comment of like PepsiCo. He said, you don't really change Pepsi, right? He said, you can have designers and, and engineers and, and all these kinds of people there, but you're really not going to change the product. The only thing you really got is the marketing team changes the can every few so many years to make it more intriguing. That's all they do. And he said he felt that that was the problem with Xerox, is that the designers and the engineers were put uh, on the shelf. They owned the copy machine business. Nobody touched Xerox for copy machines at the time. So – they didn't need to do anything better. The, the the whole thing they were working on with this interface was just a was just a distraction to the marketing people who were trying to put new lipstick on the on the Xerox copy machine. And um, it, it, you kind of wonder, well, maybe if Apple didn't do what they did, maybe it would have taken another ten to twenty years before it actually you know before a computer would have started using it. Uh, but uh, it doesn't change the fact that. Apple took credit for ultimately something Xerox was uh, a major. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, so a little bit of a cheater and a whore. Um, again, not saying uh, not saying that uh, the outcome wasn't good, but uh, the intent was was thievery. All right, so we're going to end this up uh, on the show number ninety-four of the legal participation. Sorry, we had more recording problems here. I got to learn to not unplug my microphone in the middle of the session because it doesn't pick it back up when I plug it back in. But I want to thank everyone for listening to number 94 of the League Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, you can email us, HeinrichTailgaterGDMI.com. Follow me on Twitter at HeinrichTailgater. Also check out HeinrichTailgater on Facebook. Remember to listen and subscribe on iTunes, and you can leave a rating and review. Remember you can listen to us on Stitcher Radio app. And uh, next week will be show number 95, and hopefully we'll be talking about if not a beaver win at least a great effort and until then go beans
Okay. I got a song. You all ready with your crap? Yep. <clears throat> I'll make sure we're recording. That's always a good thing, huh? That's a brilliant thing. Let me double check. Pennywise is right behind you. Have you gone to see that yet? What What have I gone to see? It. No, I haven't. Have you seen it? No, I'll probably go see it on Wednesday. By myself. I might just take a red balloon with me to freak people out. I gotta find my podcast. You ready to do the shiz? <clears throat> Let's do the shiz. Ah, <clears throat> sibilance, sibilance, sibilance.